Eat, Sleep, Shit, Repeat is an independent podcast. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we're recording on today. Just a warning that today's discussion is around pregnancy loss. Kelly, I needed that. Like, I think a lot of people may listen to that and think, like, why would she say that? I didn't want someone to lie to me. I needed someone to say to me, no. Welcome back, shitters. Episode two of season three. We are raring and ready. I'm Kelly McCarran, and today's episode is a heavy topic. So we're just going to dive straight in because it feels a bit weird to have idle chit-chat and then start chatting about something so intense. I agree. I'm Kiri Searles. I also agree is what the script says. I already agreed. Today's topic is not exactly lighthearted. As you can tell, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm already stumbling over my words. We're going to start with a little bit of audio recorded back in November that we had intended to save for a much different sort of episode. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Shit, Repeat, the podcast all about the madness that is motherhood and everything in between. I'm Key Reese and I'm pregnant. <laughs> what sorry I know I had to tell you because I just can't we're gonna be working together I had to tell you I'm really early I'm only like four weeks (laughs) I know I know don't I'm gonna cry I know I know see you were pretending to be drunk no 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 I didn't know I found out on the last day of our honeymoon I reckon it's another girl because she's a persistent little I know. I know. I reckon it will be another girl too. I really want a boy, but I reckon it will be a girl. Yeah. Either or. Of course, of course. After you've had one, I honestly think most people are like, yeah, whatever. Of course, it would be nice to have one of each, but yeah, I reckon a little girl too because. (sighs) And a sister for Rue. A little sister for Rue. But yeah, it's happened really, even though we were trying, it's happened quickly. So it took me a second and I'm still like shocked. I'm still in shock. Oh. My God, 2024, baby. So I know. July. July, end of July, or 20th of July, estimated. But I've got the doctor's appointment on Wednesday. So, but it's very early. I know. So, yeah. Preggy number two. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. This is just, it's the best. So beautiful. It's really exciting. I feel like it's just, feel very lucky. So, I'm sure that our shitters have gathered from the somber nature of today's episode that, Key, you are no longer pregnant. No, I am unfortunately not pregnant anymore. I joined the one in four or five club that no one really wants to be a member of and I sadly miscarried last month. And it's interesting that they don't actually have official data Mm. on the commonality. Like when I was looking for – because I always thought it was one in three for some reason. and then It was like, no, it's one in four and then some other studies were saying one in five. I think it's like, of course, some women don't realize they are because, you know, if it's really early on. But Mm -hmm. I also think even in this era of the overshare, it's still not talked about that much. Yeah, exactly. I found that even more so going through it and not really knowing how to talk about it and who to talk about it with. There's a lot of mental stuff that goes on, which I think does get a lot of um, attention of the Mm. mental toll that things like this can take on you, although I still don't think you fully understand until you've been through it. But it was the physical stuff that I just had no idea about and that's, I think, what caught me most off guard. Mm, And that I found so interesting because I only have one other friend that's talked about the physicality before. Yeah. 
and um yeah it's very untouched in terms of discussion so can you start by telling us what happened so when you conceived how you felt and how your subsequent loss then occurred yeah so um we have been trying uh then I thought I don't want to be pregnant when I'm at my wedding so we stopped trying in the four weeks kind of leading up to the wedding and then um just before I left to go to my hands I was like, oh, I'm ovulating. Should we just have sex? Just bang it out. Just bang it out. And we did. And then, you know, everything kind of happened, wedding, all of that. And then I actually woke up on the day of the recovery and I was like, oh, shit, I thought I was meant to get my period sometime around the wedding. And I realized I was four days late. So I was like, oh, all right, we might be on here maybe. Um, and off we went just to our like two, three-day honeymoon and I grabbed some um, pregnancy. I think it was like a three-pack Maybe it was a two-pack and I was testing negative, testing negative. And then on our last day in the morning, I was like tossing and turning, couldn't sleep. It was the pregnancy insomnia that had already started and peed on the last one. And the faintest, faintest, faintest line appeared. And I was like, hang on a minute, is this? And so after Charlie woke up and I showed him, he's like, oh, I don't know. So then we raced and got more tests. So but you're quite regular generally with your periods, correct? I've never had a late period, yeah. let alone a period that was late by four days. Mm. So we got some of the digital tests and we did the test in the hotel room and I was like, I can't look because a little thing like goes around. I was like, I'm going to finish my makeup off, you go. And then I'll never forget the look on Charlie's face. He's like, oh, my God, it's positive. And then we were just like – elated because it was such a fairy tale like we had sex once just that Mm. one time and then we've got married and then to find out on our honeymoon so the kind of romanticizing of it all had already begun of course it did though like yeah so yeah charlie was we both kind of found found out at the same time and then i was desperate to tell anyone and everyone but we went back to charlie's family home and had to pretend that i wasn't pregnant but the symptoms started like straight away I was so constipated. I had forgotten about the constipation. It was Usually that doesn't hit till later though, correct? Oh, oh no, not, not with you? I. Oh. It was so bad. I was like in so much pain this one Saturday we'd gone to meet our friends and I stupidly had breakfast, you know? And that was just like I was full up to like my oh. chest and then I was just in so much pain. So I had to get on the stool softeners and the, had to really start drinking a lot of water. The insomnia which was just, I was like, surely this didn't start this early last time. I don't remember it. But it was the exhaustion that really um, got me. And I think it's just having a toddler Mm. and being pregnant with a little toddler. But I was also trying to do it all, you know. And I remember in that week leading up to the miscarriage, which kind of was really hard to think about after the fact of miscarrying, was that that week – um, Charlie, you know, had gone back to work and he was really getting stuck into it. And my whole thing this year was like, I'm supporting you. I'm pregnant. I'm trying to also get stuck into work because this year I promised myself that I'm going to be really into my work and then rue the rue of it all. And that week I was just like, was so, I wasn't sleeping. I was doing heaps of stuff. And then we had a really busy Friday. I got up early to like wash my hair and we had to do a record. And I was driving back that day with the biggest migraine. And I was stuck in traffic and I remember I was like crying because I was so tired Mm. and I was like, I'm never going to get home. And then we had the scan the following week on the Tuesday 
and we were all together because we didn't think anything of it, you know. And because Charlie hadn't been to one before. No, he hadn't been to one and we were just – Because of COVID. Because of so COVID. Backstory. Yeah, yeah, not because he's an asshole. But yeah. it actually doesn't matter. It's, they're not that important. But we, uh, it was like – Exciting. Exciting for, him. for yeah. him. And for you. And for me. And, you know, I woke up that day not feeling pregnant. It was a really weird thing. But I kind of tried to push mm. past that feeling. Physically, you were very pregnant for – like when we spoke about it, you were pregnant. Like it was interesting how much your uterus popped out so quickly totally. this time, which, you know, a lot of people say with your second, your boobies were bigger. I was really surprised at how very quickly symptomatic. I Yeah. However, it's very interesting. You, you didn't have a good feeling the whole way. Th- like I you- just thought. I was so – I'm an unlucky person. I speak about this all the time. And she actually – she's not being melodramatic or like she – the stuff that happens, it's just a constant series of misfortunate events. Literally. Of unfortunate events. Like I'm like the guy that Lindsay Lohan meets and just my luck who like teaches her how to navigate life when you have the worst luck in the world. Like, like that is me. As an example, first day back of daycare this year. Yeah. Key's so excited. Rue's starting three days at the new daycare. Yeah. Getting back into work, the daycare flooded. Daycare floods. Like, you can't make this shit up. No, no, no. But regardless of that, you never had that same feeling the first time around. So it was. Yeah, there was like a, a really blissful ignorance for my first pregnancy was mm. Rue. I didn't give it one thought. Like, but with this one, I just thought, I don't know if it was because I'd been in close proximity to a couple of my girlfriends who had miscarriages, maybe a lot of chat about secondary infertility, maybe those things playing on my mind. But I think at the root of it, it was like how lucky it is that we got pregnant just from having sex at one time. This doesn't happen to me. I'm not ever this lucky, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, and for me, it's like always brace yourself for the worst so then, you know, you're pleasantly surprised. But yeah, we went into the scan and bless the radiologist or whatever they're called. She just handled it with such professionalism, didn't, you know, alarm me. But, you know, she's like, okay, there's a sack and there's an egg, but there's no heartbeat. And, and what I, week was it? Seven? Yeah, I was in my eighth week. Eighth week, yep. Yeah. So she was like, you know, we might have just got the dates wrong. You might be a little bit early. We never want to rule out a pregnancy. So just see a doctor and you'll come back for another scan. But I remember that day, I mean, I was I was a bit numb from it all, but I think because she had said we might just be a little bit early, there was hope as well. Mm, like I course. was really split. Charlie, I didn't like I he was so strong he I could see that he was really worried for me. And I found out later that he was just beside himself, but he never wanted he, you know, he had to be strong for me, kind of thing. But that day, just coincidentally, I had booked in Rue to get her 18-month vaccinations. So, and it wasn't with my regular doctor who's lovely. It's with another doctor who I really like as well. But that doctor's really black and white. And, you know, I'm sitting there and, you know, you're not meant to ask other questions when you're in for those appointments. It's very, you know, you're there. And I said, oh, could I be a little bit cheeky for a second and just like let you know? I said to her, you know, I've had my eight-week scan. There's no heartbeat. What do you think? And she said... I don't think so. Oh. She said, you know, we never want to rule it out, but I think that, you know, if you're, if you're fairly certain on your dates, she's like, no. And I just said, oh, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. And she said, 
honestly, sometimes you just trust your gut mm. if you have a feeling often. And bless right. her for being honest with you rather than you then stewing on it. Kelly, I needed that. Like yeah. I think a lot of people may listen to that and think like why would she say that? I it's didn't the- want someone to lie to me. I needed someone to say to me, no. Yeah. I needed that. My regular doctor <laughs> up until nice. I passed the the pregnancy was like – you know, it could still be there. And oh, I'm just no. like, Dal, I know I love you so much, but like give it to me straight. Like with yeah. my obstetrician, I loved her because she was like matter of fact. Yeah. You know, and I, I really appreciate that because it's health, hospitals, mm. doctor surgeries, anxiety around all of that. Like you just want someone to be a straight shooter. Yes, I completely agree. So you found out that you're ninety eight percent, whatever it is likely to be miscarrying what are the steps after that so the steps were that I were to basically go in for another scan but I couldn't do that until a week later so my doctor was really nice I think I just emailed them and I was like hey this is what's happened and she ended up calling me back and saying you do the scan in a week but I'm going to send you to get bloods because what we'll do is we'll test your blood levels and then the two days later we'll hormones, test it. Yeah. yeah, because in the early stages of pregnancy, your HGC hormone should be doubling week on week. So that was Tuesday. I went and got bloods done on Thursday. And then the plan was to get the bloods done again on Monday. But I started bleeding that, I think, Saturday. Over the weekend I started bleeding. So I didn't end up going for the bloods. But the weird thing about it was like there wasn't it wasn't painful. Like it was I just. You said it was. No, not not like contracting. No, because oh. this is different. This is different, right? I just started bleeding, and I thought, oh, this is it. I've, you know, I'm miscarrying or whatever. And then I met up with one of my girlfriends and told her, and she was like, well, maybe you might not be because. From what I hear, it's really painful and it's a lot of blood and it's like quite the graphic. It's, yeah, it's quite the scene. And I said to her, oh, well, and then I kind of, you know, oh, you still had the in the hope. back of my mind, I thought, okay, maybe it's just spotting, you know, mm. because it wasn't a super heavy period. It was just like bleeding. And a lot of women do bleed. In and that a lot first, of women do. Which is stressful as it is. Yeah. So I kind of go on thinking, you know, probably not, but maybe slightly a chance and then fast forward to the Tuesday and I'm at home and look I know like they tell you don't don't put a tampon in but I did because it's summer I'm swimming yada 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 and why do are you not supposed to put a tampon in because if you're passing it you want it to be able to come out okay fair 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 right and I had had a tampon in and I thought oh it's I don't know if anyone else gets this but I could feel I've like a little bit of pressure and I thought, oh, I think it's a bit full. Mm. I probably need to change it. But I was trying to get through dinner. So I was pushing, pushing it. And then I was like, oh, I don't feel good. I really need to change this tampon. So I went and I sat on the loo and I took it out. And then I hear, I feel this mass just exit my body. Mm. And then I hear it and I'm like, okay, well, that's not like a, a, clot. a clot. That's something else. And I was like... Like it's so gross, so I just have to say. No, no, no. There's we've put the warning at the start. Yeah. No one talks about the graphicness and the nitty gritty. This is the thing, like like talk about it because yeah. it will make other people that have gone through this and no one says, Oh my god, I felt it come into the toilet. Like Yeah. And it's and that's the thing when someone's like, I miscarried, you don't go, Oh, can you give me the 
of details. Course not. Yeah. Because you don't do that. But like I felt like I was a like bloody you know, preteen getting my period for the first time and not knowing what it was. Mm. Like I was so horrified about what was happening to me that I was just like, what is going on? So I fished it out of the toilet because I wanted to see what it was and to understand like and to have a visual like is that was this in my what body. I think yeah. it is? And, yeah, it was the, the egg and the sack, yeah. What did it look like? Oh, it was just quite like I have seen almost like a gel. It was covered in blood, so I gave it a bit of a wash off, Um, and it was kind of just like those like little jellyfish, clear jellyfish. Sometimes you see like on the beach, like that's the closest thing I could Mm. kind of explain it to, just like an empty sack kind of thing. Um, And I was like, oh, like I was in a lot of shock, going, oh, okay, like I've lost the baby. Like this is Mm. a baby. I'm not. This isn't. The ba- like I'm not pregnant anymore and to hold it in your hand as well that must have been yeah it was like pretty confronting and so you're just confronting and then I've got Ru- like I've just fed Rue she's waiting to be bathed like it's just the scenario of it all happening as well so I call Charlie and I'm like oh babe I, I've just passed it like it's come out and he's like are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm okay like it's all good you know I've had you know this week to kind of be thinking about it and you know kind of trying to make my peace with it and make sense of it and all of that stuff and so I felt okay in that moment and then I said oh I'm actually starting to feel a bit of pain I'm just gonna gonna have to go I'll I'll give you a call back and then it went from I'm in a bit of pain to like what I can only describe is like my uterus contracting. Mm. It was like a mini labor and this is really normal because it's it's basically like – It is a mini labor though because you're expelling it from – Yeah, your body's trying to get all of that pregnancy matter out of you because for all intents and purposes you uh, have given birth or, you know, the contents are out of your system. So how are you managing this with Rue running around? She's just running around. She's looking at me. Looking for crackers. Yeah, (laughs) caca. And I'm like, no, mum's dying. Not really, but like in pain. And then, yeah, it went from zero to 100 really quick. And I remember, like, the dichotomy of of it all, like, being like, I was pregnant and now I'm not pregnant, but I'm also... But there's no baby. There's no baby. Well, there is, but it's... But then also, like, I'm in mini labour. Yeah. In the same space that I was in labour with with Rue, and it felt exactly the same, Kel. Like, it felt to me that, that, like, I never knew that your uterus contracts Mm. in a miscarriage. I'm going... I think my this my uterus is contracting. This feels like I'm – and then I Google it and it's like, yeah, this is what happens, you know. So I think even knowing oh, – it was just such a like a weird thing to be going through. So I make my way to the bed and I just cannot move. So I call Charlie and he's like in the busiest period at work and I'm like, I need you to come home. I can't physically take care of Rue. I don't know what to do. Like I'm really – and he's like, yeah, no worries. That's fine. And I was like, fuck, I don't – like I called my best friend who is like in the medical, like is a surgical nurse or whatever. So she's – Across. Across that stuff. And I said to her like, do you know like what I can do or whatever? And she told me to pick up this stuff called Ponstan and it's kind of similar to naprogesic. You know like Mm. girls when you're younger had really bad periods, they would – use that it's like a for for intense period pain over the counter obviously this is just what I did consult your doctor if you're going through anything like this to make sure that that's an appropriate thing for you to do but yeah Charlie came home with that and that was honestly my saving grace like I took it it 
worked within like 20 minutes. The In terms of the pain? In terms of the pain. And then I just like went to sleep really early that night. And that was, yeah, that's how it kind of all unfolded. And it was, I'd say like it was really clinical in that like there wasn't much emotion to it at that point. Like it was kind of like this just happened, it's really sad, but I hadn't kind of come to grasp with I it I also yet. think it's hard to be emotional and to think about things from a mental point of view when you're actually experiencing something physically because that's where all your energy is. Yeah, that's such a good and point. And I don't know about you, but I would always prefer physical pain over the emotional stuff. Oh, totally. But the thing I wasn't expecting, your body th- – has been pregnant and now it's not and so all those hormones are still rushing through your body so then two days later I go through like a mini baby blues kind of thing Mm. of those hormones come down the come down and that was the worst part you know because I was like this is like when I'm trying to find the cause of it you know I'm running over every every detail going like was it that week like why didn't I ask for help and like just thinking like basically that I had killed my baby because I had been trying to do too much stuff at once and like I think that that is the worst part because like even though I've like worked through it and stuff I still think that I did do something wrong even though I didn't but Mm. like it's hard to separate those two. Like you can know something intellectually, mm. but that doesn't change the way that you're feeling about it emotionally. Oh, completely. And it was just. And I think that's the number one thing that any woman that's ever gone through a miscarriage, even though intellectually everyone knows that there is, you cannot cause a miscarriage. Your baby is so protected in there. Yeah. You cannot do anything to cause that. And think about it with when you don't know you're pregnant with your first and you're bloody off getting pissed all the time and like exactly. doing gymnastics and your baby's – they're so protected. It is nothing that the mum does but every single mum thinks that. Oh, yeah. blames themselves. And even though I think even after you stop telling people that you're blaming yourself, I think you still do because we already put so much pressure on ourselves as women – and growing the baby's your job. Yeah. And then you feel like it's your fault. Of course you do. Mm. But that's horrible to have to deal with. Oh, it's the worst. And all I kept thinking was like, I just didn't know that from this early on it would be like this, you know? Like I had heard of people having miscarriages around this time and I thought like, you know, that's really shit because you've already started to like romanticise this life like the worst actually the worst thing about it was I had to fucking message this chick on Facebook marketplace and say hey don't need that side sleeper bed I've I lost the baby like you were being very organized it's typical key of course you were (laughs) this is me being like fully committing to it you know but I think my idea of like a miscarriage that would have that kind of physical experience to me was like something that was a lot further along like a, like I'm talking a late stage miscarriage. I didn't really understand that even like early stage miscarriages or a mis- miscarriage would be as physical as it was and even that as emotional as it was because I just don't 
even though you're not even pregnant for that long, your body is like rearing and ready to go. That's still a long time. So what you knew for six weeks, Mm. it doesn't really matter how long it was in that six weeks. You had still emotionally and mentally changed the course of the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had factored in that child. Yeah. You were used to the idea. You had, it's not about just romanticizing, it's about planning. And yeah. regardless of how unorganized or organized you are, you plan for everything, even if it's just the emotion. Oh, and you imagine it like meeting Brew, meeting a little brother or sister. And yeah. Then, them playing together, of course you're going to think about all of those situations. So you're dealing with that loss of the future that you had planned for completely and that you'd completely changed the trajectory of your future based on this little baby. Plus then you've got all of the hormones that, oh, they're leaving your body, they're flooding your body because you're pregnant. Yeah. And the physical stuff. Yeah. Whereas women – do feel like, oh, it was only this many weeks. Yeah, I shouldn't be upset. I shouldn't. That's so diminishing as well to your own feelings and experiences because it's still what you have gone through and it shouldn't matter. The thing is, is that it doesn't even matter that, you know, people say, oh, you know, it's one in four, it's very common or whatever the number is, we don't know. That doesn't make it any easier. No. At all because you're still one of that percentage. You still have to go through this. Even if it's common, it's not common for you. No. And you just have zero reference because we don't talk about it in this much detail. No. It'll be like, oh, I miscarried. It's really sad. I'm fine. Let's move on type thing. Yeah. Or like check in on your friend and things like that. But How are you really going to respond to that message though if you think about it? Like, oh – Thanks for messaging me. I'm holding my egg sack in my hand. And even what like, do I do with it? Even like telling people that I did that, I was like, they're gonna think I'm disgusting. And I was like, but this urge to like oh. know what had happened and if this was it, it was like, I think so much of us is unknown, and you're just like waiting for this sign that you are or you aren't pregnant. Mm. You know. What? Kelly, I was doing like pregnancy tests and they're all testing positive because still. I'm still pregnant. Still like, this the is the thing. Yeah. It's like it's when people talk about the waiting, I think it's like when you're trying, you experience that too, you know, the waiting in between but cycles. Then in between cycles to, to try again or whatever. And then the waiting of IVF and but then the waiting of like to know whether your baby is alive or dead is just mm. like I had to know it was like this massive urge, but I think the best thing I did, and I'm so proud of myself in the moment of doing it, was like, because off the back of that, a week later is Christmas basically, mm. you know. But I was so thankful that I did tell like people that I ha- was pregnant and that, and then I could tell them that I had miscarried. So I didn't have this like thing hanging over me of like, thinking, oh, everyone's going to think I'm an asshole if I don't want to do X, Y, Z. If I'm a bit spacey, everyone's going to think, oh, she's being a bitch or something like that. Like I was, I gave myself permission to act however I wanted mm. because everyone knew yeah. that it had happened, which I, I think is a good thing. It definitely is. I just – it's funny because when I fell pregnant, Luke was – with Lenny, mm-hmm. Luke was like, oh, like don't tell people. It's yeah. so early. Don't get excited. Well, you saw the video where he's like, don't, don't get excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, shut up. And I was telling people 
because to me, if something had happened, I need my people around me totally to share that with and to lean on during a hard time. However, I do also think that on the other end of it, every time you tell someone you have to live through that grief again because you're also then experiencing the grief through that loved one because they are grieving not just for you but for that baby that was going to be part of their life as well. Like there are just so many fucked up layers. There's so There's many so, layers. Like it's if you think about there are so many layers and but of course, yeah, of course you should always, I think I'm such an advocate of telling people things because you need people to lean on. But yeah, dealing with other people's grief or then having to retell people over and over again is so hard. But even like on the Tuesday or the Wednesday and Rue's starting, so this is like a last week and Rue's starting daycare. I called you after well, this happened. It was the Wednesday because on the Tuesday it was flooded. That's right. It was the Wednesday. And so first day we've just we've the daycare's managed to fucking turn it around and all the families are starting today and Rue's first day is so exciting. And I pop on, you know, my mum uniform, which is usually like a tank and a pair of shorts, and I chose a white pair of shorts and I had Not a mum uniform, if they're white shorts, <laughs> can I say. <laughs> well, it was daycare day, so it was just getting her there for drop off. But I had been spotting and stuff, but that morning there wasn't anything there. So I was like, oh, look, I'll just put period undies on. It should be fine, like, if anything's on there. And period undies are meant to hold, like, you know. A lot. A lot, like four tampons worth of blood. And we drop her off. We're doing, you know, a little tour. We've gone and put her bag down and we're kind of coming down towards the end of the thing. And I'm like, it was like gushing. It was like a tap had been turned on and blood was just gushing, gushing, gushing out of me. And I was like, fuck, this is fucked. So we get to the thing, we open the gate and go out. And I said, oh, Charlie, can you just look at my pants? Like, is there anything on my pants? And there was, he said there was like maybe like a 20 cent piece. That's a lot though on a white pair of shorts. On a white pair of shorts. And he's like, oh, it's just a little bit, but you can't notice it. I'm like, okay. And that the walk from daycare to our house is like, I don't know. Two seconds. Two seconds. It's like less than five minute walk. And I'm kind of like power walking, but the more I'm power walking, the more the- It's gushing. The, and it's mm. thick. You know, it's clots that are coming mm. out. And I'm going, babe, 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 I've got to get there. I've got to get there. It feels like, it feels like the- period undies I'm wearing are full and now it's overflowing like that was what it was feeling like we get to the zebra crossing to go over to my house and I catch myself in the reflection of the cafe and I just see on the inside of my leg blood everywhere on the pants so then I'm like fuck and I get to the bottom of the stairs he's like are you okay to go up and I'm like yeah yeah, I'm fine you go to work I'll sort, sort this out so I race upstairs you're probably dizzy yeah, I was. By the time I get upstairs, get to the bathroom, I pull my pants down. I'm the my white denim shorts are covered from like midway of the zipper all the way underneath my crotch oh my and up to like kind of, you know, halfway down from my bum crack. I had bled through, leaked through the shorts, the period undies onto my shorts. Then it was like I took the period undies off. They're dripping on the ground. Like there was oh blood God. everywhere. And I'm sitting on the toilet going like. I thought I went through this last I, month. I thought yeah. that I went through this. Like still I'm still dealing with like the after effect, the after effect of this baby that, that didn't make it, this miscarriage that I've gone through. And like 
it's just a really unfair situation Mm. to go through because you just want to move on, not necessarily like start trying again or anything like that, but you just want to like move on and feel okay and not be like, you know, the next day I find out that another one of my girlfriends in my mother's group is pregnant and bless her, she was so lovely and sent me a text message before we were meeting up and giving me that. And it's like, I am so happy for her because it was also, you know, extraordinary circumstances that she felt pregnant mm. naturally. So I'm so happy, but I'm devastated. Of course you are. And I'm devastated. True at the same time. Yeah. Like, like you just, you know. Because you wanted to, you thought, oh, I should be pregnant with you right now. Yeah, and that was like our dream to be pregnant again with each other. Like how fun would that be? Like we didn't know each other when we were pregnant, so we'd get to like experience that together and then, you know, it's just all of these different. And it's like why we as women already have to carry the bloody baby. Yeah. I understand why miscarriages happen. Why babies should not come together if they're not going to be good in there. Yeah, I agree. I like, agree. Just don't fall pregnant then, body. Yeah, just like let that egg pass. Don't yep. don't if grab onto If it's a dud egg, sperm. don't grab on. I agree. I agree. It's it would be a lot easier for us having to deal with it. But I think that's just been the hardest thing is like the ongoing. And I think it's different for guys, you know, I I, I don't know if Char- I, I mean we're going to talk to Charlie later, which is great, but it's like I then had that friend coming over and she said oh our other friend will come too she's looking for something to do today so fine just you know have the kids in the backyard and play and give them dinner and stuff but she's also pregnant Mm -hmm. and I just thought you're constantly hit with it this is going to be really hard you know and so over the next nine months while you should be pregnant Oh, I think it'll be so hard. And the date, like, uh, you know, my due date would have been, it had never been confirmed because there was never a heartbeat or anything, but based on like the app that I use, it would have been the 24th of July. That's not that far away. No. You know, like I was just behind another girl in our group. She's halfway. Like it's just so hard, like the having to relive it in so many different ways. Mm. And you think you're over it and then you get your first period after it. And then you think you're over it but someone else is pregnant. Yeah. Do you, you think that you'll feel better when you're pregnant again or and you're past the dating scan? I think I think I will. I know for a lot of people that wouldn't be but I think it's like I just want to be where I was. No, I a lot of people I speak to, they it doesn't diminish it. Or get rid of it, but it makes it better, like it yeah. easier because at least you've got something to hold on to now and you're like, hey, this one. Yeah. And just to – it's been really hard because I think uh, it's just little things. Like this probably sounds really bad, but like I showed so quickly and I put on a lot of weight. Did you? Yeah, well, not I a saw lot. your uterus, but I didn't think you'd gained weight. Well, it was just I was eating so much more, you know, because I was ravenous mm. and things like that. And then it's like I put on this weight and it's like it's for the baby, so I don't care about it. Like I'm trying to be kind to my body because it, it's been Needs a lot. It, yeah. But then at the same time I'm kind of like loathing this body that's like reminding me of the fact that I was like pregnant and then that baby died. Like mm. it's just all of these, yeah, it's really, really hard. And it's so much harder than I ever thought it would be. And I just feel like, how do people go through this multiple times? 
how it's like just so completely unfair. And I think that any time you've been there for a friend and you haven't experienced it, it's just, it's night and day going through it and really understanding what that actually means. Mm. The physicality of it, the constant reminders, the delayed physicality of it. That's why I wrote at the start of the script, the club that no one wants to be a part of because it is a club because someone like me cannot, of course I can be empathetic, but I can't understand because I haven't been through that. Yeah. And it's not one of those wanky things like, oh, you'll understand when you have a have a baby. It's like. Well, that, actually, that's also true. Well, that is yeah. true. It is true. Um, but like. It's not wanky at all because no one wants that. No. no one wants to be a part of that club. Yeah. It's interesting you touched on the waiting though because a close friend of mine went through very similar miscarriage last year. A lot of them are the same sort of miscarriage. Yeah. Like there are a few but that one's the most common one. Yeah, I think it's called a missed miscarriage. Oh, I, don't I don't know. But the scans couldn't confirm it and she didn't lose the baby naturally mm. so these scans went on for I think it was five or six weeks no Kelly so that little bit of hope hanging on she'd oh. never been pregnant before that little oh, bit of hope no. hanging on every she was a shell of herself it yeah. was fucked to watch as a friend so I can't even imagine and there was nothing that anyone could do about it no like and she ended up having to get the DNC which after hearing you because a couple of my girlfriends have had the DNC and I, to be honest, never really understood it. I'm like, why would you want to have like, I know it's a minor procedure, but it's still a procedure mm, under. Mm, yeah. Why would you opt in to get that when your body would just do its job naturally? Now I understand. Yeah. And I think. Because you don't go through the majority of that. Well, well you it- go through some, but not. In the early stages of kind of like when when I had seen my doctor and she's like, yeah, go get the blood test. We'll do the scan in a week or whatever. And I said to her, okay, well, if it is a miscarriage, like can I – like what's the protocol here? Like would I book in for a DNC? And she's like, oh, no, our preference is to see if you can pass it naturally first. And I think it's because the body is a lot better at expelling it. Like, for instance, you can end up with matter left inside of you and then that can perhaps cause an infection yeah. and you might be sick later or something like I that. I also think it's better not to physically fiddle around too much with things if you can help it. Yeah. So there's pros and cons either way, but obviously when you get to a certain point in your pregnancy, you have to have I've that got, procedure. Well, that it, if it's gone on for so long. But yeah. some of my friends actually have chosen, I guess, if – you're, you can book doctors. in, yeah, yeah. You can book in, you but now I sort of understand that. why. If you had potentially been through or spoken to someone that had been through that, yeah, experience, yeah, there is. A, look, it's a sh- really shitty thing to happen. But my whole thing of it was like how ill-informed I was of what was going to happen and what it would feel like and what what it would be like. A miscarriage, it sounds so, like, sad but, like, not much information around it. Mm. Just the stats. Just the stats, you know, and, like, everyone's talking about it. It's common. It's common. Just the stats, it's common. Yeah. You'll feel sad, blah, 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 but not actually what happens, what your body does. Yeah. Or they'll scientifically say it but not what what a normal person would describe it as. And so I think for me it was, like, wanting to share those details so that if you were ever to go through it, you'd have a you'd kind of almost know what to expect. When you didn't. Mm. Yeah. And not that it would make it better, 
but that it would less be surprising. less surprising and not as lonely. Lonely and also just able to make sense of something, mm. you know, because so much of it is going to be questioning things you've done and trying to make sense of it and not landing there and but just to be like, okay, so that's that's going to happen. That happened because of that. Like re- like just grasping onto the things that that are and you know also real that you you can behave and act in any way that you want to and that you need to and you shouldn't feel embarrassed or like you're going to be judged because if anyone does judge you fuck them they don't deserve yeah. to be in your life like when you yeah said like oh i didn't know if people would be like grossed out by me getting it out of the toilet like oh my god i completely understood i then asked you what you did with it i was like did you bury it in the backyard i was like no i flushed it shit should i've done and a I burial was like, i wasn't oh, fucking you thinking you flushed it i was Kate and i both have dark sense of <laughs> humor do, so we, we can have a giggle but yeah i think that you know as i had told Kate, it wasn't my I've seen one before because my girlfriend took a photo and then just showed me one yeah. day and I was like, oh, oh, God. But, like, that was her way of, like, Dealing everyone's so different yeah. with how they deal with things and nothing, also when it's your own body, it's not gross. The last thing that I wanted to touch on was another layer of head fuckery. Mm. So now that you are on the record, everyone knows that you are trying because mm-hmm. obviously you've spoken about you, you know, you've always been resolute. I want Rue to have a sibling. Yeah. And you've always been quite open about it, being sooner rather than later. But now people know that you're actively trying, mm. clearly, and that you want to be pregnant. So they're going to be always paying attention to you because you just can't help it. You're like, is she drinking? I do it too. Oh, everyone yeah. does. Everyone, everyone does. does oh, yeah. it's like it's just a water. Oh, and how's it going? Yeah. So how do you feel going into that now with that layer of fish being in a fishbowl? Look, I, it's definitely on my mind a little bit, but I think more so I'm worried about any stress that might cause me to feel that then may have like a negative impact on my fertility. So that a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, stress can have a major impact on your fertility. And so I'm trying to be really conscious of like, you know, when we do start trying again, like not making it a stressful thing, like trying to just keep it light, even though it's really heavy, obviously, because there is this like urge to be back to where we were and be pregnant again yeah. and, and like, you know, completing our family almost. So that's my only concern because, you know, like people have been trying forever and then they say, oh, and then we just stopped trying and we fell pregnant because the stress was gone. I think that that advice is so frustrating but so true. Yeah. So I was listening, you know, when you're just like following along with people's fertility journey and you don't even know them, but yeah. you're just like cheering them on. Totally. So you know the DJ Fisher? Because I love him. Oh my God, yes. And his wife is yeah, finally pregnant. Yes. Oh my so God. I, I love even... them. I love their podcast. Anyway, I was listening to the episode that they did talking about it because I was so excited yeah. for them. And she, sp- you, did you listen to it too? Yeah. Like, so basically she said, I fucking hate the advice that just relax and stop stressing and it will happen. She'd never fallen pregnant. So many rounds of IVF or she had, but sorry, through IVF or never stuck. And so many miscarriages and horrible situations with her fertility. And then they'd organized a surrogate and then went on holidays together. And as Fish said, he was like, it was raining. So we just had sex. (laughs) And because they fell pregnant naturally and they're having a baby, like, but I also fucking hate those stories because then it's like, oh, 
I know. And th- how can you stress less, really? Totally. Keep it in mind, Key Reese. I'm Don't gonna get try. stressed. I'm going to try my hardest. We have a lot of shitters listening to this who have also suffered with pregnancy loss. And I think collectively women experience things in a somewhat similar manner in terms of like we're the ones that have the baby inside us and we grieve plus the physically going through the pain. Mm-hmm. So we did think it would be important and interesting to hear from Key's partner uh, Charlie, who is Key's recent husband, mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. went through this pregnancy loss as well as Key. So we wanted to understand the impact that that has had. Okay, here we go. Hey, I'm Charlie. I'm Key's husband of about two months now. Um, how Key told me and how I felt. Um, yeah, I was, I was really excited. It was, it was great because we started to talk about planning for you know, another child, um, and then all this wedding stuff popped up. So we sort of put all that on ice and thought that we'd just get the wedding out of the way first and then we're on our honeymoon and Key just realised that she she could be late and did a test and I honestly wasn't expecting it. I did I thought it was going to be a long shot, but then we, we got that little, little positive sign and, yeah, I was over the moon. Um, couldn't, couldn't have been happier, really. My feelings about being a dad of two... Yeah, I mean, I was so excited. Um, you immediately just start thinking about what life's going to be like as a family of four, what little Rudy's going to be like as an older sister to a to a brother or a sister. And, I mean, yeah, just as excited as I was to, to have the first one, really. It's just a, another chapter to start looking forward to. My excitement about going to the first scan, yeah, that was, that was a big thing for me because obviously we had Rudy during... Well, it wasn't COVID, but we still had some pretty heavy COVID restrictions, so I wasn't allowed to go to any of the scans, so it wasn't really the traditional experience, I guess, like getting to see the heartbeat or hear the heartbeat for the first time and, you know, being able to live that and talking to people about being pregnant and they were always asking me, oh, how was the first heartbeat? You you know, how good's that feeling? And I just, I really never, never got that with Rue. So, yeah, I was pretty pumped, pretty pumped about going to the first scan. So the, the scan and the aftermath. Yeah, the scan was, it was, um, it's pretty weird now thinking, thinking back on it because I guess I just felt, felt silly because we went in there just absolutely beaming with excitement and, you know, we had Rue with us and, she came into the scanning room and then the sonographer did her thing and we're making jokes and we're looking for this little this little baby or this little peanut on a screen and and the sonographer just like wasn't matching our energy and I just immediately thought like what's what's going on here and then you know she sort of broke the news that yeah, it doesn't look like it could be viable but she didn't necessarily rule everything out but I don't know, it just really took the wind out of all our sails, I guess. And and I just left there, yeah, just feeling stupid, I guess, because we'd got so pumped up and excited about this thing. And by then we'd actually even told a few family and friends. So um, I don't know, I don't know why I feel stupid, but it's something people, you know, a lot of people go through, but you just... Yeah, I just felt flat, felt flat leaving that place. In terms of the aftermath of the scam, 
Yeah, I don't know. It was it was a strange feeling leaving there because I guess she hadn't hundred percent ruled out, you know, confirmed that it was a, a non viable pregnancy and said that we still needed to do some follow up testing and I'm sort of the type of person that I, I try not to let myself react to things until or unless, you know, they're a hundred percent certain. So I was trying to cling to a bit of hope, but I think we both sort of we both knew that it wasn't really our time and um I actually had to go back to work that day and I had a pretty full on full on afternoon with a few meetings and um I think, yeah, one big meeting that was about three hours long and I don't think I said a single word in the whole meeting because I was just, my head was all over the shop. And then, funnily enough, later that day, my, my best mate actually called me up and said that he was having his baby, which was about five weeks earlier. So then I had this, you know, I just had this strange mix of emotions of just being so so stoked for my mate to be able to, you know, go through the whole experience of childbirth that I went through with Rue, but also, yeah, having to, having to deal with the fact that, uh, I might have lost, might have lost a baby here. So in terms of the, the aftermath and watching Key struggle, yeah, that was really hard. Um, and I think that was the one part that I just really wasn't prepared for at all. I mean, I thought I was because you, you do hear of so many close friends and loved ones going through this process, but I think us guys especially, we don't really understand the reality of what, what the girls go through, both, you know, physically and emotionally. Like, I think it was sort of two or three weeks until Key finally sort of had the, the miscarriage and post-scan, and that time was just this weird limbo of just kind of waiting to see when or if something was going to happen and yeah when it finally did it was um obviously pretty full on and i really felt quite helpless um just you know key was just going through the emotions and experiencing that sort of rush of i guess hormones and every emotion and all i could really do is offer a shoulder to cry on but you know, what else, what else can you do? I mean, yeah. Well, I just want to go on the record and say, because I know he'll be listening, just to say thank you so much publicly for speaking about this publicly. It's pretty big of him to share that. He's very private. So, um, he huge but thanks, he also Charlie. is very passionate about helping other people. He's That's just, just his nature. Bloke. So, I think it's just always good to have the partner perspective included mm. in this conversation. They're often forgotten. Yeah. With fertility, they are. anything to do with fertility. To finish off this episode, we thought that we would give some recommendations on great resources if you or someone you know is going through a pregnancy loss. So I actually thought that children's books could be quite helpful for people if they want to explain it to Yeah. There are the kids. The kids. Yeah, such a good point. The first one is Baby Went Where? And then the second one is good for any sort of grief or loss of a person. It's called The Invisible String. Have you read it? No. Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. I just love it. And then I also would like to share the article that my friend I mentioned. She wrote an article for Glamour UK and it pretty much broke the internet because – so many people could resonate so much Mm. with what she said and it's called my miscarriage broke me yeah so i'm going to pop the link to that in 
the show notes. I thought that you covered the kind of that side of the resources. So I just wanted to like just give two little nuggets of advice. We kind of touched on this before, but just to try your absolute hardest to really believe that it isn't your fault. And I know you will you will think Take it's no your key. fault because I do too think it, that it's my fault, but it isn't. Bottom line is a, your baby, it just wasn't meant to be in this world. It wasn't its time. And it has absolutely nothing to do with what you did or didn't do. <laughs> it doesn't – you don't sound very convincing. Know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jesus. She's like, I promise it's not your fault. <laughs> oh, God. And then just the last one was like, don't go through it alone. Oh, so important. Talk to your person and if you don't have someone to talk to, hit me up in my DMs. I'm always down for something as big as this just to be kind of like a chat – for a chat, like honestly, you shouldn't have to go through something like this alone. You already feel alone because I kid you not, it'll happen. Then you go to the Westfield the next day and every single woman in that Westfield is fucking pregnant because that's what happened to me. Or pushing prams around with small babies and you're uh, like, does everyone have a baby? Yeah, it's like surely not this many people had a baby yesterday. Mm. Um, but, yeah, hopefully those are convincing and helpful. <laughs> Well, I hope that you feel seen by this episode if you are part of the club. And if you're not, I hope it helps you support people in your life because you undoubtedly know people who have gone through this or are currently. Yes. And thank you for sharing, Kiarice. It is a gift to other people. Thank you for being so kind and sitting across from me. Made it a lot easier. I wasn't that kind of chucking a few jokes here. Yeah, but we had to do that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be us, would it? We would have sobbed if you would have escalated okay so on that note share your pod oh share your pod well it is your pod it's our pod it's our pod share our pod on your socials and please let us know what you think and what you want to hear we want it to always be back and forth you guys inspire us all of our episodes and it's just great to know that we're even on track to know that we're thinking of the same things that you are and remember to tag us at key reese and at kelly underscore mccarran and at essr.pod on insta this episode was produced by myself key reese Searles, and kelly mccarran with audio production by claudia coy claude the lord <laughs> claude the lord we will see you next wednesday bye bye